you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Galacticolonet, welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius, ship's captain. Joining me today is Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy the ship's janitor. What's up, Blair? Hey, Ricky. Also joining me today is Will Barnacle, better known as Will Barnacle misspelled. <laughs> Uh, the ship's the designated driver. Uh, sorry about that, Will. I swear I'll get it right eventually. What I what I I am Facebook friends with you. I can copy and paste your name. I don't have to work hard. Yeah, that's that, that's cool. What's going on? <laughs> oh, finally, joining us today is Stephen Kim, better known as Rathos, the, uh, the I guess creator. Coder, I don't know, like uh, of uh, Yasby 2.0, uh, D. Yoon's, uh, you know, bit, bitter rival. What's up, Stephen? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? So, uh, I have, so uh, thank you for coming on. We're gonna we're gonna kind of jump into uh, an interview of you here in a moment. But you want to jump in on the cast and talk about some of the other stuff that we're doing? Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's just kind of jump into some news because second edition is officially in the wild. As of recording today, it's been basically live for a week, right? So I have a couple of questions for you guys. For starters, uh, did in, did any of your local game stores have like parties or anything like that? I thought that was something that a lot of people did, and I thought it was kind of fun, right? Uh, yeah, my. Uh... Uh, one of my local stores in in Bloomington, we had an event on Sunday that was just uh, everyone show up and play whatever 2.0 list uh, you wanted to play, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. How, so, how many games have you gotten in so far? Uh, at at that event, I think it was four, mm-hmm. and then I've put a bunch of stuff just randomly on my own table, just playing around uh, quite a bit, you know. So maybe like official games against actual human you know opponents uh 10 or so you know over the course of uh, the last couple of weeks or so three weeks so steven how many actual games of 2.0 have you played i feel like you obviously are now infinite, intimately com- familiar with uh every single like card but yeah how many actual um, 2.0 I- games have you gotten in since it's released yeah, I probably have a like a un, un, unholy uh, interest in like card interactions now. Mm-hmm. Um, I pro- I've, I think I've gotten like five or six games in. Like we had a bunch on the launch day. Uh, there were two launch events um, that were well, actually three, but I didn't go to one of them. Uh, Toronto's a, like well, I'm, I'm in Toronto in Canada, and there's actually a really big like local group, and we span over a bunch of stores. And Toronto's a big city. Um, so yeah, we had a I had a bunch of games, and actually this week people have been playing as well. Um, it's been nonstop talk about lists and everything. People are generally excited about like the release. So um, yeah, I got a got a couple games in to answer the question. So Blair, I know that you live in the middle of nowhere, so sometimes you don't get uh, cool store tournament or store stuff. Were you able to go to any uh, like launch parties or anything like that? No, I didn't go to any launch anything. Uh, I've been. <laughs> I don't even know if any local ones are having it. I'm sure 
somewhere. Someone was, but uh, but I've got some games in. It's mostly just been some uh, course on prep. How many games do you think you've gotten in so far? Yeah, maybe like a dozen or so. Uh, so I would. Uh, I've gotten. I I had a local uh, a, a local game shop actually rent out an entire event space next to it, and um, I. They had a whole party. They, there were unofficial drinks involved, everything. And this is, seems like it's always my luck with X-Wing. But no joke, uh, my wife like had planned an impromptu... Not impromptu, but she had planned a, uh, a trip out to uh, Denver that just so happened to be at the same time. So I have abs- I've actually not even played on a table second edition yet. And I'm so jealous of all of you guys. I've gotten maybe four games in on Vassal, but so far I've really liked it. Um, but it's live, right? That's pretty exciting. It's live. It's, it's, a, it's actually a lot of fun. And I think that, I mean, credit to the designers, like the actual, um, the actual game feels a lot more like tight and balanced and like really like, really like i don't know like just kind of in the zone when you're like putting things together like oh this is good oh this is good oh this is good yeah it's it's fun to get stuff in uh I, and i don't know it's it's super i'm just excited to not know what's good yet <laughs> um so anyway so th- there were some things that went maybe a little bit wrong uh with with the second edition release and i do do want to cover them because it's news uh, there was a little bit of an issue with the damage decks. Like, apparently, and I don't know if this happened to any of you guys uh, locally, but apparently uh, not every single pre-order was given a, a, a damage deck uh, for uh, for every person pre-ordered. Yeah. Yeah, this, that absolutely happened to me. Uh, actually, our whole... A whole group. None of them got them their their decks on launch day, and only Dang. twenty had it in the first shipment. So, it's a big group, right? There's like forty of us, fifty of us, maybe like just in Toronto alone. Um, yeah, we just kind of like uh, ignored it and played games. Like, just got distracted by shiny dials. <laughs> uh, Will, did that happen to you guys? Uh, I don't know. Uh, at least the stores here in Peoria. Um, the uh, the guys in Bloomington, I don't think there was anyone that had any comments or, or complaints about that, and I'm not quite sure about Springfield. But um, just in general, like I know it's you know it's unfortunate and it's frustrating for for those people. But um, you know, as long as FFG is trying to do what they can to to fix you know fix the supply issue and and everyone eventually gets what they they pre-ordered for. I don't necessarily see the huge problem, but I do understand that it's frustrating for those that kind of went halves on a, on a core set that had a lot of 1.0 stuff just because they needed the two damage decks. Right. Um, yeah. So another thing that kind of had a less than stellar release was the, uh, the, the builder, right. And there were memes aplenty about how ridiculous <laughs> some of the, the funny things that showed up in the builder. Um, and I think it's it's actually perfect that we've got you on here, Stephen, because the builder, I don't know, like 
it definitely was pretty panned on some of the issues. Like they didn't have the points right for whole shield and the holes and shields for various ships. There were some like HTML italics that were showed up that were showing up. Wait a second, Ricky. Yeah. Are you telling me I can't just put you know free hull hull upgrades on everything? Yeah, man. Uh, it's legal in the in the in the builder, right? <laughs> someone, someone. Uh, funny story. Someone actually requested that I update the yes to reflect the app prices on the on the hull upgrades and shield upgrades because they were free. I was like, you should make them zero so that you know everything is kosher because that's that's legit, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, so, but you have a you have an interesting take about uh, the people who made the builder and like some of the misconceptions about uh, that release. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, here's the backstory. Like, my actual job for the last two years has been in games development for video games, and I've done a lot of for that. I do a lot of software development. Um, and I'll, and like you know, it's we're indie developers. We run our own business, so like I kind of have a, a sense of the, the client developer relationship and all that. So when I look at what happened on that launch, I can like kind of see kind of things that make a lot of other people who are not in that world would necessarily like pay attention to. So like there's a couple things that like I think that you know FMP is get and okay, I should probably backtrack a little bit. It's a little bit unfair having also built a builder to then like talk smack about this builder, but I'm going to anyways, a little bit like <laughs> where it's deserved and also kind of defend, like defend FFG as well. Like yeah, where, sure. you know, like where it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not their fault. Right. So the, the, the big thing, and like, this is the kind of the thing that like, I, I, I have a problem with is the, the big glaring problems. The ones that from a cursory, from, view from like a, a minute or two of using the app pop up the italics is a big one um point variable point cost not working knowing that that was going to be a big part of the app right um one of the main reasons they did the app in the first place or i would i would argue is like one of the, the main advantages of the app um that kind of stuff like it being slow and cumbersome like loading and unloading well, that's gonna um, that happen kind of stuff. at launch though right like when everybody's looking at it at the same time well, yeah, yes and no, but like, like yes, it will be slow because like there's a huge workload. But FFG already has a site that manages a, a lot, a large load of stuff mm -hmm. um, already, and they should already kind of have a sense of like how much throughput that's going to come through because like they already know how many players there are. I don't know. Have right? you signed up for Worlds for the last two years? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But 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 I would think that like their servers would be able to handle it, or they would know how much traffic they would need to handle it. Like for me, like. I, if I was if I was in their shoes, I, I'd be like, okay, how many registered accounts do we have? How many of them are active monthly? Okay, so we have to assume that all those people are going to be uh, approaching day one, and then build out your your just increase your bandwidth to support that for the first day, right? Um, I actually have no idea, so I'm going to assume that. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't know how their how their software set up, and and like also my understanding is that it's a third party; it's not an internal team, right? Which is why, I, like, I'm talking about that client client developer uh, relationship, right? So I actually blame a lot of those problems on FFG, right? Um, it's one thing for the the developers, the guys who actually made it, to have quality control, but it's not their responsibility to to um, do the quality. 
quality checks, right? Because they don't know, right? They're third party. We don't know if they play X-Wing. They probably don't, right? They probably just got hired. Like they seemed like a good fit and they were good developers and they, maybe they did work for them before, right? And they got hired to, to make this, this app, application for them, right? It's FFG's job to do the quality checks and be like, yeah, like this, this is, is broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like This app is great. Let it go. Let's right. So this. like, why didn't, why didn't, why wasn't there a, a final quality check before it went live? Right. Or, or even before announcing it, someone going in and just like quickly checking. Like, I don't, I just don't understand like why that stuff didn't happen because some of the, I mean, some of them were really kind of hurt, hurting. Right. What Cause was, we all want this app to least, succeed. What was your, what was the one that hurt you the most? I'm just curious. Uh, it's funny, actually, but the things that hurt me the most weren't um, the bugs, because the bugs don't get fixed, right? Um, the things that hurt me the most was some of the design choices that they had made. Like, one of the obvious ones was scrolling and scrolling. People have been complaining about that, how, like, you know, things are, like, some things are too big and some things are too small for the layout, right? right? Yeah. And that wasn't, like, that wasn't, um, like, bad coding or something. That was a design choice by somebody either developers or FFG, somebody decided like this was a good idea and then it went through all the checks and everyone was everyone was on board and cool with it, right? Like, I, I know some people have been complaining like, oh, you know, like, you know, they have, you know, six years of list builder from third parties and, you know, why did they take the design choices? That's not really fair because like they're, they, they can't necessarily look at that stuff, right? They have to have things that are their own thing. It's their own company. It's very dangerous legally to like just start taking other people's stuff and using it. Um, it's much safer to like build your own design, right? And so I get that, and that's fine. But that also doesn't mean that you should make something so different that it's just not good, right? Or not not functionally good, right? Um, it's not like it's not fair to compare FGs versus Yaz in terms of like the the speed of the app because Yaz is supposed to be like a sports car like it's it's pared down there are no images everything is like text right it's formatted super nice but it's like super super lean and light right so it's designed to be that way right whereas ffg's product is, is supposed to be pretty and shiny and like it's supposed to get your attention and you know be feel good feel x x-wingy feel star warsy yeah. right and so it's got a different objective, right? And so, yeah, like you're not going to be as efficient as Yaz, but it's not trying to be. So it's not fair to say like, oh, it's not good because it's slow. Well, no, it's going to be slow. That's just, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to get to a different audience, right? Sure. So I think this is actually a good transition because we were going to ask you some questions about ESB and you and all this stuff anyway. So how mm-hmm. did, just curious, how long, how did you get into X-Wing in general? Uh, okay, so X-Wing is a weird thing for me. I, I was new, because X-Wing's been around since, what, like 2012 or 2013? It feels like, like forever, but yeah, that sounds right. Right, so I, I was on my periphery for many, many years. Um, like, I knew it was a thing, and I was, like, afraid to get into because I was like, ooh, that's a miniatures game. It's going to cost me a lot of money. I'm not, I'm not, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't touch that. Because I really like, like, Starfighters from the Star Wars universe as well, right? Um, but it, it wasn't actually until, uh, I think when the force awakens came out or just before the four ways awakens came out and I was looking for a good miniature or a good figure of the T70. Right. And there wasn't really any good ones out there. Like there were some like 
like decent looking ones, but like they weren't like they had the level of like quality that I was like looking for. And then I saw that the X-Wing core set had like the T-70, it was a miniature and the quality, like the detail was like actually pretty damn good, right? Yeah, they do and a good so job. Like, like the fact that they pre-paint it all and the fact that the pre-paint isn't just objectively terrible is amazing. Yeah, and then, but then like you look at the little details and you're like the little in, like indents and stuff like that and it just like looks beautiful. I'm like, I was like, what the hell? Like this is this is insane. And so I had to buy it. And then when I bought it, I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm playing this game now because it's actually like a legit, like awesome game. And the miniatures are beautiful. So it's like, okay. And so I rapidly spent a ton of money after that buying all the other stuff that I wanted. So what other, what other, you said you're a game developer. So what other games do you play? Like, do you play, is this the only tabletop game do you play? Or you play mostly video games? Like what sort of games are you into? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I've been playing all sorts of games for, like, forever. Like, I've been into the CCG scene since, like, I was really small and played video games all my life. Um, I was uh, a part of the Star Wars CCG community for a very long time, like, maybe eight or nine years. Um, and then I had to step back from that because I needed to focus on a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then uh, I was, you know, Dragon Ball Z CCG. I played a lot of MMOs like uh, Final Fantasy 11 and 14, um, Star Trek Online, Eve Online. Like, um, yeah, I just, I just play lots of different games, right? So my, my background is like just gaming as a whole. And like uh, the type of game doesn't real isn't real. I'm like, I'm not specific about any type of genre. I'm just more like, is the gameplay interesting or unique? Or does it have like a, a really interesting spin? And then I kind of get it. Got to get interested after that. Do you have a favorite game of all time between tabletop and uh, computer games? Ooh, ah, that's that's. So, so for video games, I think for me, my favorite game of all time is probably The Legend of Zelda: um, Ocarina of Time. Okay. Um, it just like it hit me. It, it was it was weird. That game came out, and it, I actually didn't have an N sixty four, and I waited a long time so I could play that game. Um, I played just, it on the GameCube. How old are you, Stephen? I, I actually don't know this, but it, you seem uh, like thirty-five-ish, right? So that's like, so that game is perfect time and perfect quality to hit you in a way that mm-hmm. not many video games can. Yes, yeah, I was just the right age to like be like enthralled by it, and the the, the quality of the game was like super, like super good. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always going to have a like kind of a fresh place in my heart. Right. Like it's never gonna go away. It's always gonna be like the game for me. Yeah. Um, uh, for card games, actually, Star Wars CCG is maybe my favorite. Like, well, I mean, I actually really love X Wing like a lot. By Star so Wars it's CCG, really you mean the Decipher game or the Living mm-hmm. Card? Oh, right. No, nope, the Decipher game. Oh yeah. My God, like old dude, school. dude, I have, yeah. I still have uh, my cards. Actually, I'm staring at the box that they're in because I just got them out mm-hmm. of my parents' house because they mm-hmm. told me I had to take them. I have. Yeah. Uh, you remember the expensive Darth Vader? Yeah, which, I, I mean, you're talking about, uh, so there's Dark Lord of the Sith, and then there's Lord Vader, and then there's the original. Um, the expensive Vader, I guess, is Dark Lord of the Sith, but yeah, I, they're all kind of of equal value. I, I had one that it was at the time like worth like 75 bucks, and I was like, I should sell this. And then I'm like, no, man, <laughs> I'm going to play this game. I've played that game like six times. Like, it's sad. <laughs> it's um, a really, that, that's, that's sad because it's actually a, like, maybe one of the best games ever made. Like it's actually like the, the, 
the card draw and um, the card draw and card management is very unique and it's very novel. They still um, and have, then they still have like world championships of that too. Yep. Yep. So there's a, there's, there's an extra organization, uh, the, the players committee, and they've been running the game since 2001. Um, and they've been making new sets and putting new cards out, V cards, like alternate versions of existing cards with like different text. That's so um, yeah, it's actually, and it's like, they've been doing super great work. I used to be a part of like the, that organization as well, helping out and doing a lot of stuff for them. Wow. Um, but they, like, they're so like, they're a great organization. The, the community there is probably um, like on the same level of like friendly and like interesting and fun as the, the X-Wing community. Like there's not many, there's not many few communities that have that kind of like, um, kind of like friendly appeal and like, and kind of cordial thing. If you actually go physically. And they people. share a commonality of Star Wars too. Yeah, exactly. And so that, that's the other thing that's, I actually find that really funny. Like some of the, the two, the two games with kind of like the best communities that I've ever had. And like also the most uh, novel, like gameplay mechanics are both Star Wars related stuff. So how, how did you get sucked into the, the X-Wing technology scene? Like Lyle tells me about this, like there's like, some cabal of coders that all hang out in the slack room talking about yeah. about stuff and i just i just imagine that as being a bunch of slicers hanging out uh even though i know it's nothing <laughs> to do with that but how did you get sucked into that world because i always find that fascinating because lyle's absolutely you know soaked in that yeah it's actually really funny like a slight calling it a, like a room of slicers is actually not that um, far from the truth like that's how it kind of feels like when you're in there um, they're all talking about like code and like random stuff and databases and like like we were okay so let me let me give you a prime example of this mm -hmm. we were getting all super excited about um, the uh, FFG list builder API because it was like we could access it we could do stuff with it and we we're super excited like oh we can you know export lists from list builder directly into our own stuff. And like, we're just having a whole discussion about that. Mm -hmm. And like, people are like, you know, it, and it's like really super dirty stuff. And like, they were all, they're all really excited. And, and I was excited too. Like, it's like, oh, okay, this is amazing. What, what are we gonna do with this? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, getting into that world, like it was weird. Like I, I got basically a message uh, from um, Yoon, Yon, I don't know actually how to pronounce it. He's the guy who does Vassal. And he's like, Muon. yeah, like, Muon. Okay, there we go. Like, yeah. I don't, it says it's zero. I don't know how to pronounce that. Man, I, to be <laughs> fair, uh, that's a good point. I just know it's Muon. That's the only way I can tell you that. <laughs> there, so now I know. Now I know, right? Um, but yeah, he he basically like messaged me like, hey, I want to invite you to this room. And I was like, super shady. And like, I didn't know this person. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh yeah, I guess sure, I guess so. Like I like he messaged me and my other friend he's like, the guy from Vassal is, wants to message you. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, I guess that's cool. I don't know what that means yet. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, like he invited me to the Slack and I got to meet everybody and then you know got to that means it's useful because like you can like you I can talk to the guy who does I can well I can talk to I think I think Chico's in Cryodex, but uh, uh, sorry, he's in that room. He may not be, but like I could talk to the Vassal guys. We can make sure that my stuff is compatible with his stuff. And like, we can make sure everything is like talks to each other fine. And there's some like really smart developers in there. Um, so it's a pretty good space. It's kind of funny that like a bunch of, I mean, I guess it makes sense that, you know, people who are into, or that are smart and into coding 
play, you know, board games. So I suppose that's not a huge stretch. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about smart. I wouldn't go that far. I don't know these guys well <laughs> enough to know if they're smart or not. And I certainly don't put myself in that category, but definitely into coding. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so how did you end up taking over Yasby? Because oh, I know, man. I know Jordan was doing that. I know Jordan. I still Blair. I still want to call him Giordan, even though I know better. I've talked to him like two times. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so I know Jordan was doing Yasby for 1.0. Uh, how did you end up uh, taking it over for for second edition? Um. Well, so this is actually really like kind of a stupid story. I. Basically, so what, the points came out on like a couple, like a month ago or something like that. And um, I was thinking at the time, okay, I really want a list build. And like, I don't have Yaspi because I've been using it the whole time I've been playing, right? It's the, my favorite list builder. Like I always loved it. Like I always had issue and problems with any, all of the others. And Yaspi always hit me right where it, right where in this, in the, in the good feels for like, both layout and design and ease of use and speed. I used right, to like. Uh, I used to like. What was the the first squad builder? Will like. I can't. What was that one that we used back in like early editions? It was always. Oh god, it's so funny because I never use it anymore. Was that the one with the white background? Yeah. On everything. Yeah, why I know. Can what I you're talking about. Why can I not remember that? Um, I, I think I know why because you've probably used Yasby for <laughs> the last like yeah, several years. But that was the thing I found that the, that he updated to releases faster, like uh, and so I just ended up going there because I wanted to immediately build like whatever article they just released. Yeah, that was the other thing. Jordan was like really quick on the updates, right? Yeah, so like exactly. it would just come out and like within a couple of hours, usually it was ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And that was like one of the best things about it. So I was like, I always really want to use it. So the points came out. I'm like, I'm not going to read a couple of PDFs to like freaking put lists together. This is yeah. stupid. I'm not going right? to use a pen. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> dumb. And so like, and so like the, so the, the stopgap builder was out at that point, I think. And I, I used that briefly, but like, it was like, ah, this isn't, this doesn't feel right to me or like, I didn't really enjoy it. And it's like, no, I don't have any beef with them. Like that's, that's a good builder. Like they can do searches and it's really, really solid. Right. But like, I think maybe at that point I'd been too trained by Yasby to like, really, um, <laughs> you have to build there. I was like, I have, so like, but my thing was like, okay, I know, I know Jordan's not doing it anymore. Right. All of them, basically I've heard that all of the 1.0 developers have basically like given up because they're so tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess I could just like retrofit it to like work with the new cards. Like, how, like that, that can't take a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. So like my decision was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So <laughs> I, I was like, and it wasn't even for release. It was just so that I could build this for myself. Right. I was like, I need this for my life. Like, I like, so this is gonna happen because I can't I can't build lists without it, right? Um, and it, like he like a lot of these um, programs or these apps are actually open source on GitHub. So I knew that already because like he he had a, already had a submission thing and it was through GitHub, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like okay, well I have access to the source control. I can gra- grab all the files and then I can retrofit it. I can definitely do this. This is well within my capacity as a person. The only thing that I don't have is all the card names and stuff like that. And so then I 
reached out to some uh, of the my local play group and asked, like, hey, I'm putting together a builder uh, for Yasby. Like, do you guys, can you guys help me put the cards in? Because otherwise it's going to take me a week or like two weeks or something like that to put it together. Uh, they're like, yeah, sure. Like a bunch of them helped. And then we got all the debt. We got all the data within like uh, like three hours right. input it. We got like five or six of us just like brute forcing it, like in manually inputting the the card text and all that stuff, and then me going through and editing and make sure that everything's focused. And then I had to add a bunch of code because, like, of course, it's not as simple as I think, right? Like, oh yeah, ch- charge doesn't exist in the game. Force doesn't exist in the game. Uh, they have like. Uh, restrictions on like large and small bases and like medium base now and like there's a whole bunch of logic associated with that and I was also learning how the code would work at the same time <laughs> and learning so, about the game at the same time too right because obviously yeah, you're yeah. Not, like you're not uniquely familiar with second edition like more than somebody else would be yeah yeah like it, like I didn't know what any of the cards did so like you'd have to like go and like you'd be like oh yeah like this doesn't work the way it does at 1.0 anymore uh, how does that work now oh this title adds this thing now and so there were a lot of things missing in the early launches because you wouldn't know, like there wasn't enough knowledge base in order to like to catch all that stuff. Um, although I, I, I would, I would argue that we, we updated a lot of things very quickly in that first week. I think like we, like the amount of commits that I had in that first week were probably, I don't know, like in the upper forties and or fifties, I think like this is a ton of little changes that we were thinking, Oh, this is the wrong dial. Or this is like, an incorrect statement, and I would just like quickly push that change out as soon as I caught it. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot right too. Like I would say, like we're we were at launch like eighty percent like good, and then like twenty percent were like some weird things, and there was like ten percent of stuff that was like on the code side broken. Mm-hmm. Like um, getting the force charges and getting the recurrent stuff and all that stuff took a little bit of time to like properly like set up. And um, but we're at a place now that I think that. I think that other than some very minor things that people are catching, like everything is like ready to go. Like everything is like in there now. Like I think it's all in there now. So you've obviously seen probably a ton of lists uh, just do the debugging stuff, right? What is Uh, yeah of what is just, so you've got probably at least a lot of opinions on, you know, your favorite ships, your favorite uh, factions. What is your favorite faction uh, in like just, out of the three that are currently available, or I suppose the five, right? I guess there are five available. I mean, the last two are like not enough information to make any sort of judgment calls. Yeah, that's on. fair. Yeah. Um, okay. In in one like I was like my I flew poems exclusively, and like I've kind of I've got a mini reputation in my local community for being the guy who flies Poe, um, and I, I flew a lot of dancing Poe, so like that's kind of like like where my head's at. So like I really like the Rebel faction a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a little bit biased towards that. I, I fly Rebel Imperial primarily, and I've done a little bit of scum on the side, but I'm not as interested in those ships as the other ships. Like, I'm a ship guy at right. my heart, so, like, I'll fly the ships that I like first, and then I'll find a way to make them yeah, I, I'm competitive. The exact, I'm the exact same way. I, I have no faction loyalty, but I do have loyalty to, like, A-Wings and Lambda ships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, like, exactly the same. Like, so I have a, I'm, I'm a huge huge love for this especially like the t70 x-wing i think is like my favorite ship of all time like it's so it's like it's like as it's like got the nice iconic look that the x-wing has like and the x-wing is a beautiful ship 
itself, mm-hmm. but like just a little bit more sleekness and like the wings are so are a little bit more novel and that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? it's funny you mentioned that. I actually just put up a top five like ship question. What are your top five ships? T seventy is obviously oh. one. Yeah, T seventy is number one. Um, I'm a big fan of the Tie Interceptor. That's my number two. Uh, that likes. And actually, Tide Defender is probably number three. Like, I like both of those ships really a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number four, what would number four be? Um, the uh, actually Hans Hans Falcon. Uh, sorry, not Hans Falcon. Uh, Lando's Falcon from the Solo movie. Right. I think that like that the ship, like look. the sleek, like clean, like like the the front, like you can say what you want about that escape craft being like kind of a dumb nose to the Falcon, but having the Falcon go to a point. Other than like kind of abruptly ending in kind of like a a, a, a pronged like fork like function, is like a lot better from a design standpoint. It just looks super sleek, right? Um, right. Uh, and so like I really love that design. And then number five is, uh, hmm, what would, it, what would my number five be? I'm not sure. Let's stump you forever. You only like four ships. The rest of them are done. Yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> all the rest of them are all. Um, oh, actually. Oh, no, no, you know what? Actually, the um, the uh, the Jedi interceptor from like I'll take uh, that. That's episode gonna, three. You know they're going to release that too. I know. I, I I'm I've 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 set a hard no to the the prequel expansions. But I may just buy that ship so I can have them all. I've said a hard no, but I've lied to myself before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's your favorite second edition list? Um, okay, so I've been flying this uh, this um, Luke Wedge uh, Dutch list for, for basically since 2.0 came out. Um, and I really like the list a lot. I think it's I think it's got the right amount of like competitiveness and versatility. Uh, it really makes me happy on a lot of levels. Um, the, like, so it's Luke with Protorps uh, and he's got the um, heightened reflexes. So the one that lets you shoot at, uh, at initiative seven. Uh, and then um, All right. what's the third thing? And R2 astromech for regen. Nice. And, Wedge is like really like it's like lone wolf wedge with afterburners and that's all. And then uh, Dutch has um, ion cannon turn and veteran turn gunner. I think the Dutch is we, we ultra deep dived the rebel faction last time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make you guys do that this time. I promise. Scum, we're just going to get mm-hmm. in and get out. I swear. <laughs> um, Thank you, Captain. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but Dutch I think is really good in second edition. He's- He's so good. He's actually like I think he's undercosted for yeah. what he does. Like it, it's something to be said. Like with Protorps hitting as hard as they do and being as strong as they are, um, being able to get that target lock beyond range three, and then being able to like effectively use it in the combat, and then putting on someone like Luke who can then shoot it at PS uh, seven. Like it's so strong, and it like it forces like it forces players to like really rethink like how they approach right because like. Crits are so much more dangerous now. Like I, we were literally just playing a game recently, and I, and I did two. I did two crits, and he had shields down with my with my torps, right? And the crits were fuel leak followed by direct hit. Oh boy! 
So I mean, it was an instant four damage, right? Like, like they're so much more dangerous now, right? And so like, protarps like are just like they're so strong and shooting first, followed up by um, a wedge at PS six with like wedge being wedge doing wedge things, right? Like it has so much alpha potential, and then also like you can play the ace game if you want. You can you can play can keep away, that. yeah. And and like the iron cannon is also really good. Like shooting twice and having that range control, like is really really good. Like it's actually it's understated how like really good that is because you can just jam Dutch in, and you're like okay you can come into range two and then take like two shots out the front. Or you can dodge, but then if you dodge, I still got the target lock, and Luke is going to come over with torpedoes, and you'll have no return shot. So yeah, so I, I think that's really good, actually. I think I don't know. That certainly sounds fun that I want to try out. I haven't, I haven't actually had a chance to. I'm scared to use force users. Not okay. Scared's not the right way, word. I just mm-hmm. I I hate like supernatural. I hate those cards, even though I know that. It's fine. I don't know. Like I just don't like them, right? I'm I'm dumb. I do dumb things, and good cards I try and avoid because I'm an idiot. Um, so well, eventually I, I, I'll I'm gonna play Luke, but like, oh man, I'll say this. Uh, my opponent was flying super. Uh, sorry, a supernatural reflexes Luke, uh-huh. and even like if Luke wasn't a five, if Luke was a six. That would easily be the best best ship in the game, easily, because like, like Luke has both boost and barrel roll on the bar, right? Yeah. And so you can do it without taking damage if you want, right? Uh, and and you get to decide before you activate, right? If you want to do that, mm-hmm. and 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 he regenerates force like crazy, so you're not you're not really at a disadvantage of taking all those extra actions. It's really it's really strong. And depending on how you left your S-foils the turn before, you have alternating shenanigans you can do because you can choose when you uh, flip your foils relative to your supernatural. So, Well, well that's, but that, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't even matter what you did the turn before because you determine your S-foil position before you activate. Right? Yeah, you I, just decide, I, right? Uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is, so for example, if you... Um, had them close the turn before, um, then you have the ability to, you know, boost, then flip open, you know, where as before as you'd have to flip close, then boost. And now you're stuck with your S-Rolls closed. That's what I mean. You've got that toggle. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like super, it's like super good. Like, just like, oh yeah, like I'll just do whatever I want and whatever I want. And then you have to deal with it. And, oh, you're going to shoot at me. No, I have force token. I get them back. Like, it's just, it's just like I have all the resources and all the decision making process. And the only downside is that he's PS five, right? Like if he was, so like you can out ace him at least. All right, so I think that now we can actually jump into the main topic. Though we did say that we were going to jump I, into scum. Actually, do you have anything that you wanted to say, Will? Right I, I do, and and I'd be remiss if I did not ask the biggest burning question. Oh right, right. So so what venue? And how much are tickets to the death match between you and Diyun that is obviously <laughs> on the horizon at some point in the near future? Uh, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I would love to crush Diyun because that would be really funny, actually, I think. Well, I mean, um, he's old and brittle, so it shouldn't be too hard. 
Like, I'm wow. not going to lie. I now have a picture of you as like Ivan Drago and, and <laughs> Rocky um, or, or Apollo Creed, if you prefer that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. we need to find a way to make this happen. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I haven't been able to travel out to events uh, very recently. I mean, okay, so there is this. Uh, I'm actually going to look this up right now. We have a tournament coming up, but I think it's it's like conflicting with like the the, the Midox own event. Midox Open is like sometime in October, right? I thought it was I... in November this year. Is it November? Oh, well, I see. Um, I can't remember. But there's actually like, I don't, I don't there's actually a, there's actually a PTL Open. Um, so that's our local group, uh, Prototype Toronto League. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have uh, we have an event coming out in in October. I have to find the date. If I don't have the date, and I don't tell tell it on the podcast. People are going to yell at me, so I better <laughs> I better find that date. So um, I I think that yeah. that's actually bring up an interesting point with all these tournaments coming up. Uh, just wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Steve. And it kind of seems mm-hmm. sad that we can't keep and track these tournament results in one central website where people could look and see what happened at those tournaments. Isn't that sad? Oh boy. Um, I mean, I would say that if we're talking about list juggler, I would not count on that site being dead for much longer. All right. That's what I'll say. That's what I'll say. Like I, there's just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything, but you know, you know, it would be, it would be, it would be what, what, like foolish to assume that somebody is not going to pick up that, that, uh, that torch, maybe even someone who's already done it before. I don't know. I can't confirm anything. (laughs) I love it. Um, just just real quick to add in, just for clarification, the Minoc Open is November 3rd, um, and because I don't personally have a beef with Farmer or D, <laughs> I think we can plug it. Uh, and uh, oh, I guess I pre-registration, yeah, so <laughs> pre-registration uh, closes... Um, Actually, never mind. It closed like earlier this week. So, <laughs> so take like that back. 140 people signed up for that tournament, which is so cool. Yeah, that is that is awesome. Yeah, congrats, guys. Okay. Wish wish I could be there, but California is just a long way for me to travel. Yeah. So while while we're plugging stuff, mm-hmm. um, the PTL Open is October twentieth, twenty first. Um, it's going to be held at uh, the Legion in Toronto. Uh, so it, it also means that's a place that you can play and drink. Nice. So that's good. Those are my favorites. Um, at the same time, which is even better. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you get there's. So you can register at flycasual.ca, and um, it's $40 for the weekend. So that's everything. And it includes food, I believe, as well. So pretty good. All right. So, all right. We're done plugging. Let's talk about some stuff. Okay. (laughs) So we said we were going to talk about scum. We are not going to go pilot by pilot, even though in my heart I want to know everything that Blair has to say about these ships so I know if they're good or not, because I get all of my information from Blair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Anyways, but so out of the gate, 
it seems like there are some ships that you see more often for scum and Blair, I know that you've been looking into, you know, basically all factions for Coruscant, so you're certainly, you know, you've got guesses into the meta. You know what people are flying. Generally, what are what are you seeing out of Scum? What are some of the more popular ships that have been... I I don't know where you got that from. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what any of they... I was watching the game last night, and this, this is Ryan Fleming. Yeah. Uh... And he was flying uh, Boba, Palob, and Graz the Hunter. Graz the and, Hunter, really? Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> in, in 1.0, that would be, like, completely unplayable. Uh, and But it's kind of similar to what Ryan had been flying. Yeah, but Graz is last... terrible, right? No, he's not! And yeah. that's what makes... That's why 2.0 is so awesome. It's like, that would have been, like, just literally unplayable in 1.0. And I was watching it... And yeah, Grass was doing work. And granted, you know, Ryan's a great player. He's flying it real well. But it was, I had one point, he had Paylob had two calculates to focus and evade. I was just like, good lord. Like, so, so the other two ships that he, that he had, Paylob and Boba, it seems like certainly those two you've seen a lot of with Scum. I think we should probably, the, the, those two plus Finn. And Gurry, and I guess sometimes Cavalry is like the Y of Scum. Those are the ones that I've certainly seen be mentioned the most, right? Like, will yeah. we missing any of them? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know who's running. Well, I guess I kind of know who's running Cavill over Drea, but mm-hmm. uh, Drea for me is is that pilot in Scum that I think if people aren't paying attention to, they're going to get a very rude awakening very quickly. So um, let's jump into some of these big these big level ships, and we'll get into. I'll I'll let you jump on your soapbox, each of you, on which which pilot we're absolutely missing. But let's kind of jump into at least the heavy hitters for scum. Uh, let's start off with Finn Rao, right? So Finn Rao is still in the Fang, and he actually got a points increase, didn't he? From from first edition to second edition, uh, relative. Yeah, yeah, really. Kind of. Yeah, let me see. I'm just whipping up the points he's, real quick. He's at 68 uh, points, so he start. He would start at 34 in yeah. the first edition. Yeah. So he he did get a boost by by what? Was it four points? Yeah. Or did he start at 30? I think it was 30. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Actually, he was 28, but. Oh wow! So okay. It was, it was so, 30 with auto thrusters, and then. Title and mind link. So Blair, yeah. tell me why that points increase completely doesn't matter, and he's still good. <laughs> I mean, it matter. I mean, it, it's, he's got the biggest jump between, in terms of like non-force users, his jump from the next highest PS or initiative guy is like the biggest in the game. He's twelve points more than Old Tarok at at fifty six. Right. He's sixty eight. So and Old Tarok solid too. Yeah. And old Terrorx all too, uh, but I mean he's he just he, I think a lot of people are just kind of still sticking with him because he was just so great in 1.0 and he still is. Uh, the, the Concordia faceoff still synergizes with his uh, pilot ability, and he can also take Fearless for pretty cheap as well. So at 71 points, like that is just an absolute sledgehammer. And especially in 2.0, like, I mean, what else can get five dice with full mods? Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult to get that many, that many And then dice. still have 
defensive mods, like four dice with a reinforce. Like, that's crazy. So, he, I, like, super expensive, but yeah, I've definitely been seeing some of Fenrau. But uh, one thing is, they just released that, I don't know if it was like a rules update or more or less just like clarifications. I think they did it yesterday on yeah. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see what they said for cable? No. So Cable's ability says while you perform a non a non Yes, I know what you're talking about. Absolutely. Holy cow. Uh, It it says a non, you know, 90 degree arc attack. That's what it reads as, which Mm -hmm. I think effectively means primary Mm -hmm. attack. Roll one additional attack die. Well, if according to this update, if his turret is pointed at the front, you get the extra die on your turret shot. Yeah. So yeah. that's crazy to me. It yeah. seems so. Okay, it doesn't seem. I guess that it, it. Okay, so let's be fair. We're thinking in terms of first edition, right? And those that doesn't matter anymore. And so Cavill's ability is whatever the hell his ability is. But it seems so uh, different in the sense that his whole point is don't fly him like attack people out of arc. And to have the ability to actually do that in the front arc seems pretty strong, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think was this in the update too that they said veteran turret gunner, or was that a clear? Was that already established that if it's pointed at the same, like from what I'm understanding is if veteran turret gunner is also pointed forward with cabal, then you get the two attacks. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Arcs, which is weird, yeah. but. I guess it, it makes sense. The turret arc is different than the actual. Yeah, it's just arc. it's the way that they use the symbols. I think is just instead of just saying you might perform a bonus turret attack. I guess I guess that's effectively what it means. But I think the symbol is just confusing people, such as myself. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, like I, they, they, this, have, I they have moved away. Yeah. Yeah, they've moved away from like basically like text to like icons for everything. I think that's better for the long term, but like we have to retrain ourselves. Yeah, but just for you know reference, you know that cavalry build with a dorsal turret and veteran turret gunner is only fifty four points. Yeah, um, still got room for yes, still got EPT, astromech, illicit bomb. That's really mm-hmm. good. So, yeah, so also, actually, if if you don't mind me jumping in here, like yeah, there's sure. actually one thing. So there is one thing about a caveat about it about the Y wing. Well, turrets in general mm-hmm. is that. They're all range one to two now. So it's a little, you have to be a little bit more choosy. Cause I mean, I've flown a bunch of Dutch now, so I've actually gotten really comfortable with the turrets mm-hmm. and it's, you have to be really careful how you approach because um, if you get range three, you don't get your double tap or you don't even get the turret attack potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, and if you at range one to two, it's yeah, you could definitely catch them um, in arc if you have them split or you do something set up, but it's also, Range one to two, it really puts you vulnerable in a vulnerable position of getting flanked or getting outflown by an ace. So it's like kind of, it's like kind of good, but also like you got to remember there is no TLT now. There is no um, range three turret that is really effective. So it you have to like be, you have to get much closer, and that's maybe not as good for the for the turret player. Sure. They they I, did get a points decrease though. I think that is part of it. Is their their range has absolutely been lessened due to the fact that you know you don't have TLT anymore. 
Well, well the Y-Wing itself, right? It, the Y-Wing itself is just cheaper. It's just better in almost every way. It, to, to Cavill, though, being strong, though, similar to the same reason Finn is, is anytime you can just plain and simple get an extra attack dice for doing something that isn't a huge... It isn't difficult to get an out-of-arc shot with him, especially if you can do it out of your front arc, which seems ridiculous. Like, that's that's really powerful. Yeah, that update really really does put Cavill in that, that category, because, I mean, you just throw that cheap four-point dorsal turret on him, and now he's a three-dice attack ship, mm-hmm. you know, essentially. So, mm-hmm. um, at least at range two and and then one, the equivalent, mm-hmm. you know, range. But uh, that's that's really good for, you know, like I said, just 54 points when you could potentially double-tap with it, yeah. you know, two. So. Well, the other thing, too, is that, like, turrets now add their range bonus. So, like, he's doing four dice at range one. I guess five dice at range one? Right, right. it would be five dice with his, with his turret arc. Oh, my God, that's outrageous. Welcome mm, back, or, uh, welcome no, it'd back be four. Warthog X. Warthog well, X it... It'd be five with the ion cannon turret, which is actually absurd. Yes, ion cannon. Yes, it would be five. Um, you'd max one damage, but you could really ionize the crap out of something in a hurry. Well, I- ion is so like for a turret, especially ion is so good because you get them once, and if it was a five dice attack, you just keep ionizing ionizing them off the board. Right. Um, so moving on to some of the other strong scum ships, one of the other ones is Guri. The Star Viper. Now, Guri's the Star Viper is a little bit different now in the sense that it has the the old title that lets you barrel roll with one banks instead of like one straights. That's now just kind of tackled on every single time. But Guri's abilities the exact same thing, uh, the exact same as it was last time, which is if someone is within range zero to one of you or an enemy ship, you get a focus token, which, you know, free focus. And it's a, it's a calculate token, I believe. No, it's, it's, it's actually focus. focus. Yeah. Yeah. It's focus. And, but her action bar only has calculate. Oh, so. oh, that's weird. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause she's a cyborg. So, you know, she's half human, half, half robot. I thought she was uh, just full on robot. My lore. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty it's, sure she's it's, full on robot. Yeah. It's been a while since I've read Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. I might have to go back and check it out again. So so let's talk about why this is one of the more popular ships. For starters, three agility is not bad. Five attacks not bad. The initiative isn't bad. But her ability, I think, her ability in, her, in the ship's barrel rolls, I think, are what sell it for me. Like... I th- getting double mods is so difficult in second edition. You have to really work for it. And Gurry's got a way that you can feel pretty confident that you can get it a lot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. Um, she, she's definitely one of the, uh, uh, one of the corner, you know, cornerstones of, of, I think scum lifts list building, you know, where um, you know, we already talked about Fen. We'll be getting to Boba here in a second i'm sure mm-hmm. um but Guri's one of those those ships it, i think it's just the versatility of how you can build her so right. you can really dump a ton of points into her with the title and um you know putting you know uh, out maneuver you know really executing uh or pushing the advantages of the curve barrel roll um you can go advanced sensors to really make her slippery um make sure she can't get blocked you know that type of thing um 
but uh, you could also build her, you know, just naked at 62 points. Um, and that's still a pretty solid buy. Um, right. You know, depending on what you're flying her with. So um, the, there's a lot of advantages to, to flying her. And Initiative 5, um, it, I think we talked about this when 2.0 was announced and when she was spoiled. It's really kind of weird to see her go from PS5 and, and 1 and she just kept the same number when you know initiative tops out at six that, <laughs> in second edition. That's, that's that's so interesting. I need to remember that because yeah. that doesn't make much sense, does it? Uh, no, but well, in a way it does because I think we all kind of thought she was maybe too low of a pilot skill in one point oh. But I mean, she's by you know, she's the highest initiative Star Viper pilot now, so it is a little bit of a <laughs> it is a little bit of a jump. So I've flown against Guri twice now. Okay. And like I'll say like it actually didn't it actually doesn't even matter like what her ability is. Like it could be blank and like the Star Viper is just so good. The chassis is really good, the point cost is really on point. Those and barrel the, rolls are really the barrel strong. Rolls. In in a game now where positioning is like super, super important, to have someone who can like just like wrap around somebody and then do a three dice attack, like with a mod is incredibly valuable and so like get and and the other thing is like her ps makes up some of her ability now triggers way more often right you can get that range one you can really position yourself so you can really get that range one um so she's just just super deadly yeah she's she's one of those uh few pilots in 2.0 um where you're putting the points into her and i'm not necessarily you know, balking at it too much um, because of like, let's say you give her advanced sensors and the title uh, and outmaneuver, you, you know, that is a absolute monster um, for what you can do. Um, like advanced sensors, curve barrel rolling. And then, yeah, you the know, title, and- the title, not only being able to, you know, be a little bit tougher, but the, the end of turn, Almost sort of like advanced sensor style reposition is super strong. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. granted the change to advanced sensors, you can't do like your linked, you know, actions there. You only got mm-hmm. the one one option. Yeah, but when funny. you're, yeah, when you're getting your focus from just getting to range one, it, you don't necessarily miss that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, she, she's really good. I, I think she's going to be a staple um, in competitive. Uh, scum builds for you know a long time so Mm -hmm. the last i think that there are actually a couple more staples because i I think we forgot lando because lando i think is really really good as well but boba fett's been one that you see pretty pretty often for builds for scum and boba hasn't really changed a great deal from his actual ability uh, from the scum boba in first edition, basically get rerolls for enemy for each enemy that's within you know range zero to one of you. But the fire spray has gotten significantly better. It feels like the medium base sh- ship makes it slightly more maneuverable. The fact that it's got native boost, it's got reinforce, it's really good. Blair, how significant is boba? How like how much how much better is he from uh, first edition to second edition? I've, the native boost, I think, makes a huge difference. Um, but I think the the dial really. I mean, God, the hard one and the three talent roll. The like, talent rolls, man. Yeah, 
Because the, the problem with the fire spray is like it would that 4K was like so huge on a big base ship, mm-hmm. it would just like take you out of the fight. Uh, the hard one is like is so good now because you can make a sharp turn and still get that rear shot. To your and point still be... on the on the 4K, how many how many um, how many of these fire sprays back in the day? Do you remember people like? 4Kang off the board because they couldn't judge that distance, <laughs> right? Like, it happened a lot. This is, like, well, you know what I'm talking about. That happened all the time yeah. back in the day. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it takes you a long, long ways on a on a spaceship. Right, so Blair, to your point, to be able to do that shorter has got to be super helpful. Yeah, uh, but I think for Boba, like, the native boost is really what we're because he can, again... Same thing with Guriel, like Stephen was saying, is like at Initiative Five. Now with the native boost, much, and you know, mostly we're putting engine on Boba anyway. But he's he's cheaper now because was wasn't he what thirty eight thirty nine naked in one So you're looking at forty two minimum. He's forty in one So, but I'm I'm most stoked for Crassus. I really love what they did with him. Super excited to. Try him out. You can perform special attacks out the front or the rear. Uh, and they have cannon and missiles still. So, But I also love, God, the three titles. Like, that is so much fun, dude. What is your... So, with Crassus, right? So, what's the secondary that... Or what's the special attack that uh, that you want to run with that? Like, are you running barrage missiles? Are you running... I don't really... I don't foresee HLC necessarily being the thing. But, I mean, even Ion Cannon's not terrible right like what what's the what's the canon or special or or special that you want to honestly i think like the fun thing to do would just bring uh one bullseye and then one non-bullseye like either hlc or procket and just like try to play for the bullseye and if i don't get it well i I guess i'll just show my other one that's how i envisioned like the fire spray being Mm -hmm. just like this like crazy thing loaded up with like all sorts of weapons like bombs Missiles, cannons, like, that's what I wanted it to be in 1.0. And I don't know if it's quite going to be that, but it's definitely closer here in 2.0 than it was in 1.0. Wait. I do have I do have a quick question. Um, yeah. I, I haven't looked at the, the fire spray base yet. Is there a bullseye indicated on the rear arc? No. And, well, that, that's my question, too, is, like, can you actually you shoot a like, heavy laser cannon out of her? Back That's a because, good question. You probably can because there isn't a. I don't think there is a bullseye. Boo. Well, you can't. There's Boo. that, but also FFG. Boo. Well, <laughs> but it also says you can perform front, uh, front arc special attacks. But the HLC isn't a front arc special attack. It's a bullseye special attack. Oh, that's true. They're, they're, they're all different yeah. now, right? Boo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you'd have to do like ion cannon or or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Barrage All right, so let's go over these titles real quick because I'm curious which one is y'all's favorite, or at least let's kind of go over it real quick. So the Marauder title, three points, and you when you perform a rear a rear arc primary attack, you re, uh, you roll one extra attack. You, you roll one extra attack, or no? Wait a second, I can say this right. You re-roll an attack dice. I'm sorry, I can't speak. Apparently, um, plus you get a gunner uh, crew. So. What do we like about that? Obviously, re-rolling attack dice is you know good. This is not 
Ron That's Hester. great value. Yeah. It's it's only one point more than Predator. Mm-hmm. And it's no bullseye. Granted, it's rear only, but that's tremendous value. Mm-hmm. Well, the I guess the sleeper thing, which this is where when points get their first update, I'm sure this is going to change. But um, by getting that gunner slot for scum, you can throw Han Solo in that gunner chair. And I think that's where I've seen everybody do this, where they've just put the Marauder and Han Solo combo almost in every fire spray, because that allows you to get uh, a focus action before you engage um, if you need it. Right, which, so it's which goes theoretically very well with uh, Boba Fett in yes. rerolls. So you can boost into range one. You get your your Han Solo focus, and then you've got rerolls. I think yeah. that's actually what Ryan was running. It was Marauder Han Solo, but then he had uh, IG eighty eight D, and that is one of the best crews in the game. I right, feel you like could do that. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that, but you can get into the aggressor a, and then you get the, uh, evade out of that. So now you've got your Boba rerolls focus and evade. And if you've got something like juke, you can juke on top of that, which is pretty brutal. I mean, even without an aggressor, like mm-hmm. it's four points and you get two calculate tokens mm-hmm. for one mm-hmm. action. Like perceptive pilot is 10. Yeah. And if you have, if you have three red dice, you're ended up with more than one calculate token on average anyway. So that just seems like tremendous value to me. Mm-hmm. For I mean, calculate, calculate is worse explicitly than focus. Right? It's worse, but you're usually you're usually only going to spend one focus on three dice, three red dice anyway. So sure. yeah, would you rather have one focus or two calculate? I'm pretty sure I'd rather, way rather have two two calculates. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when yeah. you've only got two agility on defense, that's where you're mm-hmm. definitely most likely just going to have one eyeball to spend on defense. So the calculate yeah. really helps yeah, there. So I'm a big yeah. big fan of the Marauder title. Um, let's go into Slave One though. Slave One's five points and gives you the ability to where if you reveal a hard turn or a bank maneuver, you can flip it to the other direction. Like, uh, what was it? The old, the old Boba Fett, uh, Imperial Boba Fett. Yeah. And it gives you a torpedo slot. So for five points, what do we think about that title? Is there anything there or, cause I think me personally, I think this is a non-starter. So am I missing anything? Uh, well, I mean, torpedoes, uh, I mean, torpedoes, I think, are the more, you know, heavy-hitting ordnance between the torpedoes and missiles. Yeah, but you but spend five points for it. Yes, that's the thing. You basically have a five-point tax on top of the already hefty tax for the uh, for the torp. Um, and the ability is interesting, but, I mean, I, I guess we'll see... Um, I haven't put the the fire spray on the table yet for 2.0. Um, it, it's interesting utility. I don't think that's ever going to be a situation where maybe it'll trigger once every three games or something where it's like, oh, because I had that, it got me out of a death, you know, death blossom or such, you know, some situation. Um, and it, I was a little bit confused when I saw the Marauder was only three and the Slave One was five. I'm like, I think those should be flipped. You yeah, know, where the slave one is three and the marauder is five. Yeah, I agree um, completely. Because I think the gunner slot is more uh, potent 
than the torpedo slot. And it's a great, it's a, cause here's the thing. If you're playing, you want to make the right move. And so paying for your own mistakes, I I don't know. It seems like throwing, you know, good point, the good money after bad a little bit. Like I should just learn to make the right maneuver and have more stuff. Yeah. And well with, yeah, and what makes me a little bit sad from a thematic sense is that, you know, at least in 1.0, I always had the Slave 1 glued to Boba Fett. I didn't care. You know, like, that's just, he flew the Slave 1. And now it's like, well, now I have to pay five points, and it's not really doing anything he's positive. better on the Marauder. Exactly. And it's like, but Boba <laughs> Fett didn't fly the Marauder. You know, he flew the Slave 1. I want you um, to, like, get a piece of tape, like, like the what is the white tape? Is that it's not scotch tape? That's uh, Yeah. That, but like, and just like tape over Marauder and t- write in like in bad handwriting, Slave One. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Screw you. Uh, and then finally, all right, so let's talk about the Andrasta. The Andrasta title gives the reload action a white reload, which is pretty darn good, and a bomb slot for six points. And this, I think, has some corner cases that might be good. What, uh, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, Eamon Azamine, but is there anything else that... How good is the, is that title? Uh, can well, I, I mean, back up for a sec, guys? Yeah, good. I just wanted to... I had a point about Slave 1 that I wanted to talk about. Sure. Because because actually, I would I would argue there's a... So, like, we were just talking about Karasa's shooting out the back, right? Right. And so if you had the Slave 1 title on... on I guess it's Karasa's a her, or is it a he? Actually, I don't I know. A, I think, I it's, think a it's a he, but... Yeah, I yeah. kind of default to she all the time, but okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a he. Um, so... You could shoot a torpedo on engagement and then pass through and then shoot another torpedo at the back. And if you don't spend your target lock for some whatever reason, or you had another way to gain a target lock, you could basically follow up engagements and do strafing runs. Uh, I don't I mean, I don't know if it's worth five points, but I think that's potentially really strong. Well, the interesting thing with that play could be that the ability to kind of change your banks could work because you could see mm-hmm. which bank would set up the better torpedo shot maybe mm-hmm. like on the strafe through so yeah. that that could be interesting it's a pretty beefy price to pay for it but i think that might be one of those situations where the like the advanced proton torpedoes could be a thing because you Ooh. could you you could really line yeah. up that range one five dice attack out of it and then fall and then follow it out the back like the next turn yeah with mods, because you could put, you know, find the crew and another combo that would get you a, a soft mod somewhere. I know those well, are correct. by, but the title, like the sorry, the 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 pilot himself has a reroll out the back as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so you get a reroll on it. Yeah. The one, th- the thing I just keep coming back to is that, like, I want to make the right decision, anyways. Like, I don't know. Like, that's the one thing that I have a problem with. Like. That's a well, sometimes, but sometimes you don't know. Like sometimes yeah. you have two choices: one is in one direction, and the other is in the other direction, and they've just set it up that way. And so they're they're banking on you making a mistake, right? And if you're running at the higher PS and you get you don't get that position if you get to move last. And so, like, I mean, I could make the, you could make the argument that like Boba Fett with that added initiative bid is going to hit you no matter what. He's going to be able to dodge you or like get you an arc no matter what. Right. Right. I buy it. 
the other situation with that that at least I've and this was way back <laughs> when you know you could only run Boba Fett you know in in Empire so this is you know early X Wing but mm-hmm. I only used the ability when it was oh, okay I could do a couple different things here but the way that they move their lower initiative, like maybe Academy pilots or whatever, it telegraphed what they were doing with like Sunterfell or Vader. And it was like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, no way in hell I'm going there at, you know, whatever, you know, pilot skill that was much lower than nine, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. was cause you didn't have a greater than eight fire spray unless you had VI on him. So that would be the corner case that it would get used. Cause you saw where everything else was going and it telegraphed where the higher pilot skill was going so this could work the same way and that the initiative situation is even arguably more important in 2.0 so that could uh-huh. be that situation where you can use that to have your opponent telegraph potentially where they're going with their um their big heavy hitting ace which may allow that to have more utility so yeah and even then like it's like i agree with everything you just said um it's still kind of overcosted at five points yeah yes uh, yeah i fully Fully believe that. So on the Andrasta, right? The Andrasta six got the reload, got the bomb. Is the Andrasta something that we should be looking into? Like to me, it still seems really expensive just to run bombs on a on a ship that you know. I think that bombs are better suited on on you know like quadrumpers or something along those lines. Am, am I looking at this the wrong way? Like what am I not seeing with it when it comes to the Andrasta? Well, I think it. This is where um, I was coming coming at from the Slave 1 standpoint. I mean, the Adras is Emin's shit, ship, mm-hmm. and this is perfect on him. Yeah. Um, the reload is definitely good, but since you don't get the torpedoes out of this, um, mm-hmm. reloading missiles, eh. No, I mean, you, you, you can reload bombs. Yeah, it's reloading bombs. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. But if you've now got four charges spread out over two two bombs, how often are you going to reload them? I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, so well, I mean, the, I mean, the 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 argument is well, if you're they're always chasing you because you want to use that rear arc. Let's not even talk about Iman. Let's talk about like like half Scarlet, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're always like if you want them to chase chase you, then you're either forcing them to stay way way back, which is gonna which is either good or bad depending on what you're trying to do. Or they're going to eat a lot of bombs as they're trying to kill you. Well, that's fair, but when you only when you spend those two charges, that reload, yeah, I'll get them back. But that's a turn that you're not having any mods on anything, right? When oh, you're I'm sorry. No. Half is completely different text in 2.0. Yeah, she's got. Yeah, she's like looking to synergize with like pirates and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I apologize. Everything I just said is like actually wrong. No, yeah, th- it would be more like for a crassus situation, right? Yeah. If he's shooting stuff yeah. out the bud and you know that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a, a again, yeah, like Ricky, to your point, it is a high tax to pay for adding yeah. another bomb slot or device slot. Um, but I mean, reload is good, but again, um, the missiles, I, I you know, nothing. Um, maybe putting it on Crassus with a homing missile. Mm-hmm. So you're just constantly reloading homing missiles and threatening damage, you know, guaranteed damage that way. Maybe that seems like an awful lot of points to put into that too. Right, Although homing missile, yeah, homing missiles only three. So, um, 
you're not going to get the rerolls on it because they'll just take the one damage <laughs> every time, so you'll never really get the benefit of shooting the four dice homing missile. But um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I I think we've already touched on the Marauder. That, that I think that's the big winner. Right. Um, and we all kind of thought that maybe the points are flip flopped <laughs> on them. You know, you make the slave one the cheapest, then the Andrasta, and then the the Marauders the the pricier of the options. All right, so I do want to do. Uh, well, I have one question for you, just because we're talking about scum, and I know that you've flown robots into the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. How are, how do you think? How do you like them in second edition? Um, I honestly don't know yet. Um, I've built a couple different options, um, with them that I want to play around with just to see how they feel. Um, I pretty much should, should admit that advanced sensors I have glued to them. Um, advanced sensors elusiveness is really cool. Yes. Advanced, advanced sensors elusive is what I've got on them right now. Although I have been looking at trying to do a, uh, um, an asymmetric build where IGC has juke and IGA has outmaneuver. Um, just different stuff like that. Um, I, I do also... A is, like, the thing I like about robots now is they seem like you can split... It, I feel like you can split the IGs up more. Like, you don't have to run them together as much. Like I was talking about earlier, like, Blair, like, I think that a like an IGA with a IGD crew... <laughs> can be a fulcrum of a list, right? Yeah. Uh, I I think IGD, again, like, on Boba, like, man, like, Han Solo, you can boost into range one, you get the evade, you take a double calculate, and then you take a red focus, and now I'm, I've got two dice, with two calculates to focus and evade and rerolls, like go ahead, swarm, shoot me, like that just seems disgustingly good. Yes, yes, it does. Um, and I think uh, I guess I've also got a shield upgrade or a hull upgrade stapled to the IGs that I've been trying to build as well, just because you you can't token stack, so you've got you know those two ships is the kind of like your linchpins of your list. Mm-hmm trying to make sure that you like, that's why I have elusive on most of the builds just because, you know, the way you fly robots a lot of times is you look for the opportunity to sloop and K turn, and then you kind of come back through again. Um, so you are doing a lot of red moves. And so you'll be able to get a lot of use out of that, you know, elusive, uh, uh, talent. Um, but the the difficulty, I think, is it's a two-ship list in 2.0, which I think is always going to be an uphill climb. And uh, there are some options where you can use, like, a like a real cheap escape craft as, like, a third ship in there. I think um, escape crafts work really well with that crew, too. Yeah, yeah you could throw IG. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so th- that's an option. Um for me, I don't know if I'll I'll be into it too much just because I think it's kind of silly to just have a random escape craft in your list and maybe that's just the thematic reason that puts it as a as a no go for me. I have the same but, issue with the attack shuttle. Like I have yeah. a hard time running it. <laughs> um but I, I think there might be something there. I just have to poke around with it a little bit. The cannons are obviously much different. Um so the HLC is cheap. Um but if you line it up, obviously it'll pay dividends. So I've been trying to throw at least one on there. Um, 
but the combo I really am intrigued by is giving them the rig cargo and advanced sensors and a seismic charge. So, so, so you basically can, you know, see where things are. You drop, you drop your seismic charge and then advanced sensors, your cargo before getting the hell out of Dodge to set off that giant AOE behind you. Um, so that, that's basically the things I've been kind of looking at. So I think there's that's some potential, so funny. <laughs> but I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's there's anything that they're going to be super meta defining. Like that Boba build sounds far more dangerous than any IG build I can think of at the moment. Right. All right. So let's jump into some of the ships that you think are good that we haven't talked about or maybe haven't gotten the shine. Uh, Blair of the of the scum ships, what are, what's one that you think that we're underselling or underlooking? Well, Scum doesn't... It kind of seems like Scum is not really getting talked a whole lot uh, compared to everyone else, but like I said, like, what I was watching... I mean, Graz, like, God, I bet he just seems, like, really, really fun. Uh, but one thing, like, the four Caraxes, no one's really talking about that. That that seems super solid. You mean uh, five, the five Caraxes? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, yeah. You, almost, you almost stole mine. Uh, in fact, I think it's the five Caraxes. Running five of them is good, I think. Uh, it's I totally do. good. I don't... Yeah. I, I mean, do too. Yeah. Just all all that beef. They they're so much better than one They got bear roll, they got next to hit point, uh they got a better dial. Like Yeah, they really didn't get any worse and they got arguably a little bit better, and everything else got worse, which means by default they might be viable at this point. Yeah. I saw well, it. I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, okay, uh, yeah, so so the other thing is I was actually looking at Ptolemy and Cobra. And I was thinking, oh, I actually don't want to fly against that. That that sounds really painful now. In in where we're getting your extra defense dice or getting extra attack dice mm-hmm. is is actually really scary since you since mods are a lot weaker um, now. So you're so having like just naked, just by himself. He's fifty points, and that's only a quarter of your list to do a lot for. For uh, your your list, it's going to do a lot of damage. It's going to be if you fly it right, it can be pretty defensive too. I don't know. Like I'm completely with you. Yeah, like 50 points for a range one five dice attack. Uh, I don't know if I like that. And he's PS is is his initiative six or his initiative five? He's five. Initiative five. He's five. Um, well, yeah. this was the interesting thing with Talonbane. Like when he came out, um, like you kind of looked at the the chassis of the Kirax, and it was like. Okay, great. It's the scum X-wing, right? There's no repositioning. There's five hit points. We all know how quickly that goes. Even at the time when the Kirex was released, right, it was already kind of outclassed. But the basis of Talonbane's, you know, ability is is that it rewards fundamental X-wing, right? Mm-hmm. You maximize your benefits when you get to range one, and you maximize your benefits when you're getting attacked at range three, which is what you should be should be looking for. In 2.0, the fundamentals are cranked up, you know, to be more important. And so the only thing Talonbane really gets is he gets knocked down the initiative ladder. He goes from, you know, up in the that nine ter- territory we were. Now he's a five instead of a six. But now you get rewarded even that much more for flying fundamentally well. And he effectively is cheaper 
than what he was that you had to pay points for in, in 1.0. So yeah, for 50 points, I think that's really good. Um, and it's just a matter of, would you rather take that over, you know, maybe a cheaper Kirax and or more toys Guri. on somebody or else? Guri, you know, yeah. So or Guri. Um, yeah, that, that's going to be a harder sell, but mm -hmm. if you've only got 50 points to work with, or you're sitting at 40 and you've got like an extra couple points, you could move around you're like, well, if I can find 10 points, I can get them up to Talon Bane, and then it's a lot scarier a Kirax, <laughs> you know, right, that type of right. thing. So um, but Will, Graz is better, I think, for that really? purpose as well. You think so? Uh, I mean, if you're just going to throw a lone Kirax in there, Graz is cheaper, and he can really just create that flanking threat, right? Like, he's getting so, his extra die at any range. So, guys, do flanking. me a favor. Define behind. Is it out of arc, or is that you have to literally be behind the plane like like in like it's like reinforced so you have that reinforce yeah yeah there's that line now mm -hmm. that every ship has in the middle you have to be completely behind that yeah i mean that's not exactly easy but i mean there are situations where it happens right yeah for sure and, and maybe I guess I was thinking of him more like old school backstabber so yeah. this definitely is a little bit worse than that so yeah, maybe the the three point going from Graz to Talonbane, maybe that's a little bit uh, a little bit more swallowable then. But I was like, I'd just save the three points and stick with Graz. But um, I think there's merit both ways. Um, so, Stephen, you tell me a ship that you think is undersung, but it might be pretty good, and for scum. Um. Well, so it's really weird, but uh, I actually think the Lancer is good. Like I know, like Lancer's been good, but like I actually, I think the Lancer is is good. I think it, even though it's expensive, and uh, it's a big ship, uh, I don't think it really lost that much. Um, I think both uh, both Assage and um, and uh, Ketsu are still very reasonable, and like their abilities are good still. Um, and I know we're not we're not, like all super excited about Boba Fett, but like. Lancer's still good, guys. Like, I'm still not sure. Like, yeah, look at, it, I, looking at Asajj, you can you can the the stress or remove a green token. Either result is you know good, right? Yeah, and as a force user, like you're paying extra because as a force user, but force users are good. And like, like three dice primary, two dice turret, like big. That's a big like basically 180 degree arc to mm. like engage in and. Just like, mm, like that's a lot of points, and it can do a lot of stuff, and it's got crew slots. Uh, I think that's really still really good, and it still has the three hard greens. Like it's like okay, I mean yeah, you don't have boost anymore, but like you got everything else, and it's not that much more expensive, I think, or yeah. even even cheaper. Like eighty four points for Asajj, and like so, but half is like forty two. It's like almost the same price as the one point ship. It's pretty darn close. I can't remember what the premium was, but I know it was, I think, 33 points base. You could end up and get three naked ones in a list. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the premium was for Asajj and Ketsu, but that's mm -hmm. probably pretty mm -hmm. darn close. Yeah. Like, I just. So, uh, Asajj with triple O and then just naked Lando and autopilot drone, that's 154. And so. Yeah. You're. Jeez. Or, sorry, Lando with the title as well. So, they either... You're basically giving them two 
They either have to t- remove a green token or take a stress, or give you a calculate token or take a stress. So you're like dumping all this potential stress on them, and then you've got Lando sitting there like, don't take the stress, because I've got, I get an extra die if you do. That's only 154 points for yeah, all three pretty, of those ships. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. That's so, like, yeah. So the ship, Sorry. I think, is uh, is good, but isn't being talked about enough is the simple Jakku gunrunner, the quad jumper. I think those guys are good. I'm like unironically think that they're good. Let me let me uh, sell you on this. Let me sell I don't, you on this. It's I don't think you have points. to sell me, Ricky. <laughs> it is twenty eight points for a big pain in the ass that is going to get shot. Right? <laughs> that is worth something to me. Like being able to annoy someone and it's like here's the thing. If it does so long as it gives a tractor token out. Does Tractor work the same in 1.0? Yes. Mm-hmm. More or less, yes. So do you barrel roll them twice if they get two Tractor tokens? No. No. You, oh. Yes. You didn't do that in 1.0, so I don't know what you're talking about. Right, so in, you have to, for a medium, I have to be able to give two to it. So I would have to get in uh, the, uh, the what is it, the, the bullseye. bullseye arc? The yeah. bullseye arc to get a double for if I only have one. If I'm bringing, say, seven of these things, suddenly I only have to get a couple in range of something, and I'm barrel rolling it around, I'm ruining its agility, I'm blocking with it. It's a decent blocker, because it's dials crazy. Um, it's a... It gives out the tractor beam, which is by itself, if I just give out a tractor beam for that ship and it gets shot, that's worth it for me. If this thing does any damage, it is... It's it's worth it for me for just one, or apparently you can run these things in swarms and they're not terrible. I guess the idea is theoretically you can tractor people onto rocks and stuff, or you just block them and lessen their agility and actually do damage because you've got dice and they don't. Um, I oh wow! So it's tw- it's the same price as a type armor. Yes. So let me let me uh, let me chime in here a little bit. I actually played against. Uh, two of these on Sunday in one of my games. This ship has always scared me, um, even when it it released in 1.0 for the, not necessarily that the ship itself was scary. Obviously in 1.0, you weren't really scared of a quad jumper. What I may, what I mean by that is it's scary for me for the game um, in that this ship literally ruins an opponent's day horribly. (laughs) And, I mean, tractor beams, you're you're taking an opponent's list and just moving it wherever the hell you want it, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. These gun runners at 28 points are PS1, which is exactly where you want them to be because you know exactly where you need to move so you can get in that bullseye to double tractor something. Mm-hmm. In my game, I was flying a, a fun, janky kind of rebel list with Cassian in a U-wing. Mm-hmm. He flew right up to Cassian and just barrel-rolled him right on a rock, you know, like... <laughs> And I'm like, and I saw it coming, but this was, this was the part that I, you know, this is why I'm kind of talking about it. I saw it coming a mile away, but there was literally nothing I could do about it. As a person, I put all of my guns into shooting that damn thing. And it didn't matter. It was five hull. It lived on one hit point, flew right up to my Ewing and planted him right on a rock. And there wasn't anything I could do. So but you can fly off the rock though, Will. Well, yes, but he was parked right in front of me. (laughs) <laughs> well, if you saw it, if right. you saw it coming, then don't you dial in like the four? 
Well, yeah, but come on, well, <laughs> no, so like I saw it coming, but then it's like I couldn't get you know the action. No, like, I know, I, I hear it. it. Yeah, so what I'm saying is that it didn't matter if I killed the one; he had a second one right next to it. Yeah. So, and that was just two, and he was running Guri Fen in two of these. So it was yeah. like it's I, definitely I, a little bit of the old K Wing thing. Yeah. Was, so yeah. if you, it's a situation where it was very similar to Ion. If Ion in 1.0 got really good and everyone was running it, it's bad for the game because now no one gets to play because they're just getting their dial set for them at one forward, right? Right. This is technically could be bad because now gun runners are in a state where they're affordable. You can play them. You can swarm them a little bit. And you're just going to move people around. And not only are you moving them around, putting them on rocks, doing stuff like that, you're reducing their agi. So now anything else shooting it in the list is getting buffed like their wedge. Yeah, like, I love the idea of blocking a, a a higher PSA that's got like agility and then just sucking out its agility and, and killing it with a ton of these things. It sounds so stupid. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is. So, so I guess that's the point where it's like if we're talking ships that I think need to get probably hit up with the price, you know, hammer a little bit, this I think is – because right now for 28 points, you know, it's just one of those things that just terrorizes the other person. I'm and a little it's sad more that like, you're not into a bunch of Dead Man Switch versions of these, Andrea. Doesn't that oh, sound brutal? Oh, yes. And I have looked into it. Now, yeah. here's the other thing with this ship. Like, the dial got goofy. Uh, the fact that it has a two reverse, like, this thing, when it's sitting anywhere... You like you have no clue where the hell this thing is going. Like the fact that it can just back up a speed two and sit back there. Like I had Arvel dialed in with a three sloop, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can get behind Fen here, no big deal. And then he and I even like called that even if he barrel rolls me somewhere, I'm still getting the three sloop to fit. No, he didn't move up. He moved two back, and now I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> you know like i'm like how the hell can you two back i'm like i should have asked to see the dial you know but i'm like what have i done <laughs> yeah i'm like this is just ridiculous so i i think i have a little bit of a beef with these things because it seems like yeah it was a ship that badly needed a buff right like it was one of like probably the worst one of the worst ships in the game in 1.0 but now i think they they boosted it boosted it a little too much without giving it the equivalent price increase. Yeah. Right? It just sucked in 1.0 because it was bad against so many of the things. Like, it wasn't very good against a ghost. It wasn't very good against Miranda. It was, like, pretty good against, like, Palpace. But even, like, Palpaces were so resilient at that point. Like, even they weren't really good. This was... It was a really, like, intriguing ship when it was released in 1.0. And I think, yeah... There's going to be some adjustment period in 2.0 where they try to figure out where exactly... And what's up with the techs? Sorry, Stephen, well, I have, I'm not trying to call you out or anything, but are these like actually unreleased, all the tech? Is that not being released until... Because that's what it says on your uh, ESB? What tech? The yeah, tech all the slot. Things. Yeah, there's no techs, techs in the game. Okay. Yeah, they haven't so that, been that kind of hurts them, wouldn't you say? Right now, yeah. But that's yeah, the other thing that I'm, makes me a little bit nervous. As soon as one or two of those that yeah. comes out that's good, now <laughs> it's like, for, like, let's say it's an equivalent of, um, like, 
optics or something, right? And if it's an affordable price point and you got like a 34 point, you know, gun runner, you know, with optics that can just hold on to its focus while it backs so, up. Yeah. You know? can, I, can, I, can, I, can I interject really quickly and yeah, ask sure. like a kind of embarrassing question? Um, does anyone have the dial of the quad jumper, the actual dial? Because uh, I cannot believe that the, the dial is so goofy that I cannot believe that um, it has a one hard white. <laughs> yes. No, for sure. Because I didn't believe him when he dialed in a one hard and he was trying to tractor beam so me. Good. And I'm like, what do you mean you're tractor beaming me? Like, isn't that red? And he's like, nope, it's white. And I'm like, you can't be serious. Like, like it's, it, it's so goofy that I think that I screwed up. No, no, you were definitely right. Cause I played like I played against it on Sunday and I was not believing what I was seeing this thing do like on the, table. Ridiculous well, the was, was, did I ask you yours? I thought it was going to be Drea, but I don't know if we actually talked about Drea. Oh, you, you, you diverted the Drea talk. So I can, I can talk about Drea a little bit. Hey, so I was going to say perfect combo. I think five of these with Drea is, and all of them have dead man switch is what's up. Yeah, that could that could be pretty pretty frightening. Um, I have a I have a scarier idea. You run three of these, and you put a Y wing. Uh, you put Cavill with the ion cannon turret. <laughs> that's that's pretty pretty ridiculous too. Um, so uh, so Drea um, for for anyone who wasn't paying attention to some of the abilities that changed. Um, I know Drea was probably one of the most overlooked and forgotten about pilots in 1.0 because her ability didn't really do a whole lot of anything. Yeah. Um, but in 2.0, Drea is essentially scum version of how runner. Now she's the same point cost as how runner at 40. She's in a Y wing um, and her ability is different than how runner because she doesn't have to be in formation to give your ships the reroll. Um, so she basically, any ship that she can shoot, uh, that target, anyone else that is a non-unique pilot in your list that is shooting at that target gets to reroll a die. So you partner her with a bunch of pirates or, you know, a couple... Or say some gun runners. Yep, some gun runners like we've been talking about, um, or you know, a couple Kiraks. You know, like you don't even have to take up the bulk of your list. You know, if you do the bulk of your list, you obviously get the most bang for your buck, like Hell Runner. But that's pretty scary, you know, for um, anything really. I ran uh, two games of this on Sunday where I ran Drea with a dorsal turret, so forty-four points, and then filled the entire rest of my list with six headhunters with Dead Man Switch. And I wrecked house. Um, the first game, I lost three shields. I didn't even have a dead man switch trigger. Like, it was obnoxious. And it was against Sunter and two defenders was I what I was going against. I blocked Sunter on the like first move after round of fire and killed him. And then just jammed up all the defenders. They never got tokens to shoot me with anything meaningful. I had a couple shields plinked off and I just whittled them down. And all of those rerolls are scary for anything in 2.0. It doesn't even matter if you're a defender that's token stacked, um, which is one of the few things that can do it. Um, so it, it's definitely a pilot that I think if anyone is just kind of ignoring you know, her, or you just immediately start scanning through your cards and you're like, oh, Drea, whatever, what does Cavill do? Okay, don't overlook Drea. I think you're going to see her in tournaments 
a lot, um, especially in in scum lists. If the the trick is, you have to build it around generic pilots. So that's the the negative, I guess, if you if you'd put it at that. But yeah, where's Bob to tell to tell us how efficient Z ninety fives are? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty I, good. Yeah. So Drea has to work. So Drea, if when the turret only works at range one to two. Well, yes. it's the firing arc, though, mm-hmm. right? But it's yep. her, her ability. No. You know, so they they in your firing arc, right? So isn't they it re, that direction? They redid it. Didn't they redo it to say that your firing arc is like whatever the range is? Oh yeah, it it does. So what I'm saying is, yeah, it would be only range two for the turret, right? But your mm-hmm. front arc is still one to three, like anything yeah. else. And, and Howl Runner is, you know, range one. So this is, in some ways, if you can focus to like. Well, you can actually get better range than Howlrunner can. Mm-hmm. So what what you can do, um, which is potentially even more of a nightmare for an opponent, because you don't have to fly in formation, right? You and this is what I always did. I, I set up and I pointed the dorsal turret off one of the sides. So mm-hmm. essentially, I create that one eighty degree arc of fire for Drea to trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, you only get the range two out the broadside, right? But you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And I flew her behind the whole swarm of Z's, make make them go through. And then as soon as you get into the the land of the Valley of Death, wherever you got half your list at range one, everything else at range two, now Drea is now sitting there, you know, at range three, but she can now shoot at everything that you have to make those tough choices. Do you try and kill an eight hit point Y-Wing that you haven't been able to shoot yet? Or do I try and take some of these headhunters that are just like lined up to to wreck my day, right? That's real good. Or you can not even do that. You can take Drea off and flank. And so she's flying off to the side of everything. And it's like, do you turn in on Drea? Or do you just let Drea paint targets for, you know, death shots from headhunters? You know, like, it's crazy. I think there's a lot of fun space to play around with as a pilot and coordinating, you know, a massive amount of kind of generic ships. So that's what I'm going to be doing for, you know, a good portion of my scum foreseeable future is just playing around with different things I can do with Drea and so generic your, ships. To your point though, Drea with, with just, um, dorsal turret, right? Mm-hmm. Is 44 points and Howl yep. runner is 40 points. Yep. And if you're comparing the amount of hit points, I think it's not outrageous to say that Drea is okay. The the one thing to bear in mind is there's no Iden for for Drea, which Iden yeah. of course increases Howl's um, durability. But still, I mean, for the points, more more durable. Uh, yeah, I I think it's uh, I think it's ex- comparable. Um, I don't think there's like, oh, well, Howlrunner is 40, why is Drea this, or Drea is this, why is Howlrunner that? I think it's completely comparable. I don't think there's any uh, egregious differences either way. Um, I like the fact that they're different, but they provide the same type of bonus. Um, and I know, Blair, the next thing that you're going to say, and I am fully agreeing with you, where the hell is the Rebel Howlrunner <laughs> now that Scum has a Howlrunner? Um, like, none of the Rebel Synergy pilots allow, you know, give rerolls to friendlies, right? Like, mm-hmm. that just seems like another Rebel thing that you could do, um, and they haven't done that yet. 
maybe it's coming. I guess we'll yeah, see. Drea seems very rebel. I don't know why she's it, on the scum faction. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's kind that's kind of what I thought as as well. Um, I thought maybe you know one of the other like the rebel Y wing pilots would be able to do that. You know, instead of Horton getting a getting a reroll if people are range one. What if Horton gave out rerolls to everyone if right. something was at range one? You know, like that kind of thing. But you're selling me. You're selling me. I love it. Yeah, All right. I, I I know, but yeah. Right, we'll so just wait. We'll just wait for Sabine's Y wing. We'll, it'll it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so we're going to start to wrap this up. For starters, we need to finish up the contest. The last contest we did ask. Oh, it's funny, we didn't even talk about this ship. But we asked about the Jumpmaster because it seems like they nerfed it into the ground after after everything was said and done. Um, I, uh, I, uh, so I wanted to see if, the, if we could make a good Jumpmaster list. And uh, I think Dengar seems okay. But since you're here, uh, Steven, I want to give you the opportunity to... Um, to pick the winner, right? So I've I've selected some that I liked. I'm gonna have you take a, a look, and then you let me know uh, which list you chose, and tell me about that list and why you chose it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, for okay. the record, we don't need a good reason because uh, normally Will and I just like shut our eyes, scroll through the emails, and pick one. That's not true, but the. We we pick things for whatever dang reason because it's just prize support for listeners, anyways, right? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I was looking through the the, the lists, mm-hmm. um, and I'm super biased because one of them is using my builder. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, but that's but, fair. But I actually do like the list. So the list is um, so it's Dengar. I think they're all Dengar, right? No, one is Manaru, mm-hmm. um, and Screw Manaru, I don't like Manaru, so that's out, automatically out. Um, Arbitrary criteria. Squad leader, contraband cybernetics, R5 Astromech. I think that's interesting. And um, then it's using the the new the new um, Han Solo and uh, Jabba the Hutt and shield upgrade. The Falcon title, Hotshot Gunner, Rickshot, I think that's pretty good. And I, and then just the escape craft, the Adoran Pioneer. Um, and that could have even been just like L337 for even a little bit cheaper, but decent. So you chose uh, Matt's, uh, Matt Newt's list, and Matt Newt's mm-hmm. list, he calls it Jobanetics, mm-hmm. uh, which it works off of the um, contraband cybernetics and the fact that Jabba can continuously pump up uh, the charges on that, so you can continue mm-hmm. to basically take red action to take uh actions and execute red maneuvers even while stressed mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just over and over and over doing that again while stressed like some sort of who used to be able to do actions like basically you're all tyco selt you yes yeah, yeah. I, I think and i think that's interesting because like i mean if you're gonna lean in on the jump master you might as well lean in hard right <laughs> yeah the but goofy the, thing the, yeah. Yep. I was going to say the, the goofy thing about that list is that you've got Han Solo shuttling, shuttering Jab Jabba around. It's just kind of a funny, <laughs> funny visual. It's like obviously this is before he, you know, got on Jabba's bad side. Well, it's mm-hmm. got the it's got the Lando Millennium Falcon. So this oh, is for obviously sure, obviously a long time ago. Like the yeah, escape craft, 
the escape craft can literally just stay docked and then leave to do some coordination. I mean, I think it's mostly there because he's got that shield upgrades just to yeah. stay alive for a little bit longer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm also laughing because it's obviously got to be young Han because otherwise Dengar would want to kill him like immediately. <laughs> so <laughs> Dengar would be trying to shoot him instead of shooting the opponent. The one Maybe this is where it happened. Maybe this is why where the bad blood started. <laughs> there we go. I love it. I love it. We've got so, a narrative already. <laughs> so the one thing I will say is it runs at 196 points, which is obviously these are two Initiative 6 uh, ships. Uh, so 190... What, like, just a quick talk, because I know that, uh, well, you've been thinking about uh, initiative bids like recently. I think we had a quick discussion in Slack about that. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a proper bid uh, nowadays if you're going to be initiative six? Well, I think it depends on what an initiative six ship you're talking about. If you're talking about Vader and Sunter, um, that's where I think it's a hell of a lot more critical than if mm-hmm. it's like Dengar and Han. Um uh, Han maybe a little bit more because of the the boost. Although this Falcon, I don't think has the boost, if I remember right. Maybe just do a quick little check, sanity no, check. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. it's it's the Rebel one that has the boost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think if you're on on the Imperial side, because that's where like the the aces, you know, Vader and Sunter that really kind of care. No, it's got uh, a red boost. It's got a red. Does it? Okay, so so maybe maybe Han a little bit, so he can kind of make use of the the boost. Um, it's weird. I've heard lots and lots of fluctuating things. I think there's actually a couple things pinging on my phone talking about the uh, Gold Squadron event, talking about what kind of bids that certain individuals that <laughs> didn't weren't able to dial into the podcast tonight are talking about, and people are debating about thirteen point bids, and I'm just like. Are you freaking kidding me? Like in 1.0 terms, that's over six points. Like so, that's kind of obnoxious. So, so I've been flying a. This is the silliest thing. I don't even know why I'm doing this to myself, but I've been flying a Whisper Suntier Silist, and I'm running a 10 point bid because it's so critical that Suntier be able to prey upon Initiative Six ships because he'll, he'll he just dies. He dies in a heartbeat if. You can't uh, if if he gets in arc on something or something's in arc of him. He just has no it, hit points. Yeah. yeah if I, if I, he, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. So I had this discussion in what with some people in 1.0 mm-hmm. about like how insane bids would get if you because like the 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 argument was like why not restrict VI and adaptability to to nine and never go above right and then and like my cat argument was like well then you're gonna see like fifteen point twenty point bids. Because like Whisper is gonna desperately need that in, that that initiative, mm-hmm. and like Suntu's desperately gonna need to be able to move last, and people are gonna get like brutal about it, right? <laughs> you um, didn't even mention the one that would be the most obnoxious, and that'd be Kylo, right? Right, and so like it's like if you if you have that if you don't have it like and you and that's what we have now is a hard cap, and mm-hmm. people are not being able to modify it. Yeah, like the pilots that absolutely need to move last are gonna bid hard for it. Yeah, but right? to be fair, they're losing upgrades to do it. So, yeah, but upgrades are arguably less valuable now because like, I, I agree, more right? Like I'm running a ten point bid. Like I'm definitely in on this. It's just that at some point mm-hmm. it does become hurtful for your list success versus other lists that don't deal 
with initiative at all. Right. Like that are so, all initiative one, for example, suddenly right. you're, if you're 12 points down, I mean, I know it's ridiculous, but that is a ship technically for the blow up escape craft. Right. I mean, yeah, I, suddenly I completely up an entire agree. Sh- you're giving up an entire ship. And I, I like that idea that at some point it becomes costly to do it. Might, you may still do it, but mm-hmm. I, I like that you have to make that that you have to sacrifice. So in in 1.0, the biggest bid that I ever kind of had um, was three points, and that was when you know uh, I was kind of running Fen and Terok and and Manaru. So um, you know you kind of had the the mind like mirror that you were kind of concerned with. But even then, I know obviously you know Duncan and and Travis they got to what like 94, so they had mm-hmm. six and. I was just like, okay, I get why it's the right call to go down that low, but I'm like, I think I'll take a couple more tools to try and see if I can kind of, kind of, you know, win the other way. I think I'm in the same boat in 2.0 where I'm hearing these kind of ridiculous, you know, plus 10 point bids. And I'm like, no, I'm going to take out maneuver on my fell and bank on being able to outfly you, you know, like, um, well, to, so to your point to your point about Han Solo and Dengar, though these ships theoretically have bit, bigger arcs, um, perhaps go and you have two of them, so maybe you can gang up, shoot the other six down, and then suddenly you've got uh, you know the end initiative. I mean, certainly I think that uh, there's something to be said that not every single initiative six ship yeah. needs needs to go the full you know ten point or six point bid or whatever. Yep. And the interesting thing, I think the most, uh, uh, I mean, Sunter we've we've touched on, but Vader is, I think, the one that everyone's really looking for the bid for, because obviously with Supernatural, you can be completely obnoxious with Vader if you've got, you know, the the initiative advantage. And um, Vader's already expensive, and when you build him with afterburners and whatnot, and you really put all the tools on him, he's half your list. Now he's over half your list. Cause now you add in the bid cause the bids really for him. Um, and so really it's, I kind of look at it like how many points would I pay for VI in 2.0? If that makes sense. Right. right. Uh-huh. Because that's essentially what you're paying for with your bid. You're paying oh, to be a good VI. Way to look at it. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's um, absolutely right. So we are going to jump into the Imperial faction next episode. I believe we'll probably also cover Coruscant and, you know, just basically more tournament results that are that are coming out for second edition. So I do want to go ahead and announce our next contest, which is going to be to have submit your best assault gunboat list. Because I uh, I'm personally a little sad that I don't think the gunboats are all that great in second edition, and that's my favorite ship in the game. So hopefully Ooh. the Holonet can I, I just I disagree hard on that. I actually <laughs> really like I actually Great. really like the gunboat. Great. You know what you can do? You can email scum and villainy podcast at gmail.com and send in your best po- your best of gunboat list and you might win a prize. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Promo. Um anyway, so yeah, absolutely send in your list to there and we are I'm looking forward to see the best gunboat list because I need to be talked off a cliff on this. Hopefully uh Steven can hook me up and tell me why I'm wrong. Um but anyways, let's go ahead and wrap a bow on this. Um Steven, do you have any other shout outs you want to give before uh we, we end this? 
Um, I mean, it's not really a shout out. Um, I mean, well, I'll shout out the, like all my crew and everyone at the PTL in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like they're great, and we have such a really good community there. Like it's actually been really awesome to be able to play and. You know, any anytime you go to a tournament, you hit like 15, 20 people, and it's just like you know, solid X Wing players all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I do hope that uh, so I'm, I I mentioned that I'm a game developer. We're actually moving towards our our first game officially uh, launching in October, and um, that's Relic Raiders. Uh, Relic is where the the game info is. If you play video games and you're interested in something different, I hope that you give it a shot. I mean. It's no Yasby, but you know it's uh, it's a fun game still. So, um, yeah. Do you like brag to your to like the other people at, at the shop? Like, look at look at how many hits this website's getting. Like, suck it, no suck it, noobs. No, I, I I keep that I keep that information for myself and just kind of like like look at it critically and be like, oh no, only this many people logged in today. I what did I do wrong? What's broken on the site? Like release something, I need the clicks. Um, all right, so so give me that website one more time. Uh, RelicRaiders.com. RelicRaiders.com. Awesome. Yeah. Check that out. All right, well, let's go ahead and wrap a bow on this for Blair Bunky and for Will Barnacle and for Stephen Kidd. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Galactic Colonet, and good hunting. <laughs>